very unpleasant, like, taste and sensation washed through the back of my throat. That what, was... What'd you do? I don't know. That was awful. I don't know what the heck happened. Ugh. Okay, I think I'm okay. Are you? You sure? <laughs> uh, I might be dying, too. I don't know. It's one of the two. Okay. Um, go away, Java update. So, okay. Uh, I guess, welcome... I guess. Welcome to Creature Crunch, the podcast where we take a creature, crunch right into it, and then get horribly sick. My name is Matt. And I'm the dustiest bottle of formaldehyde you ever did see. I'm dumping you down the drain. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, we, we covered The Host, um, a movie that uh, that I have committed a great sin against and that I, I have not watched it until now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for 15 years, 13 years later. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops, my bad. Hey, you know, I'm thinking this Bong Joon-ho guy is a pretty good director. You know, I, I like where he's going. Yeah. Uh, I think he's got some talent. Uh, some chops. He's got some chops. Yes. Um, yeah, good movie. Like, yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this one. I do think it was a little too long. It was uh, 120 minutes, which is a little on the lengthy side. It was two hours. Yeah, it was, yeah, that's it was, 120, yeah, 120 minutes, my minutes. man. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> 120 minutes is two hours, Chris. <laughs> It is. That, that's how time that works. Is, that is how time is. I don't know why I thought... Anyway. I was like, <laughs> 120 minutes? The... That's not an hour and a half? You like, gave me the dirtiest fucking my... look when I said that. <laughs> my, brain, my brain didn't do the thing that it's supposed to do, which is the right thing. No, um, yeah, it, it's, it's about two hours long. There were a couple scenes that I think stretched on a little too long, but... Otherwise, other than that, like great movie, fantastic, mm-hmm. highly recommend it. Um, people kept saying it's the it's a great monster movie. I'd actually disagree with that. I yeah, mean, the, it is a good monster movie. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, but it's not about the monster. No, it's about the family. It's, uh-huh. Yeah, you can definitely see uh, shades of Parasite in this. Yeah, you can see where he got got it from. I mean, this is basically Parasite with a monster. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> that, that's definitely something that he is interested and skilled in taking on in his movies. Yes, and and. He, He's really yeah, yeah, it's great. So, uh, so yeah, obviously yeah, directed and written by Mr. Bong Bong Joon Ho, Bong Joon Ho, um, and yeah, like this time goes on and the more movies of his I see, the more I I appreciate him as a director. He's mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, he apparently wrote the script in secret. I mean, co-wrote the script, really, right? But right. he he co-wrote the script in secret because he suffered a lot of ridicule from friends and family about wanting to make a monster movie. Yeah, that's what I dread. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, he was like, I want to do a monster movie, and everybody was just like, are you kidding me? Why would you waste your talent? It's a monster movie. Mm-hmm. So he was, like, super embarrassed, and and now it's one of the biggest, it, or no, it is the, the highest grossing South movie Korean in film. South Korea. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I guess we'll just jump right into this. Yeah. Um, so we start up with an American doctor in a morgue instructing his assistant, Kim, um, to dump formaldehyde down the drain because the bottles are dusty. Yeah. He hates dust more than anything. Yeah, so I don't understand how that affects what's in the bottles, but... So, um, yeah, I... <laughs> he's just... He, he can't... He abhors dust. He can't abide by it. Yeah. It's on the bottles. Everything's ruined. Shut it down. Drain it all. Yeah. Um, and apparently, there's a lot of fucking bottles. <gasps> there are a lot of bottles. So, um, the the doctor is credited as Douglas, and he's played by Scott Wilson. Okay. 
So um, that was interesting. If you aren't familiar, Scott Wilson, who this is our first, uh, this is our first of many Creature Crunch bingo check marks here um, uh-huh. in a recurring actor. Oh, okay. Scott Wilson was in Monster. Oh, um, he's he's more like which prolific- monster? In just Monster. Okay. In, in the April Fool's episode. We okay, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, in fact, that's where, like, uh, Bong, Bong Joon-ho had seen him in hey, Monster and okay. was like, I want him for this role. Okay. Um, but he's he's also, like, I guess more prolific from, um, he, he plays a pretty big character in the Walking Dead series. Oh. So. I never got into that, so. Yeah, Herschel. Gordon Lewis, no. I don't remember. I don't remember his last name. I haven't seen her. I want to say Herschel Walker, but I could just be getting that from Walking Dead. Um, Herschel Walking Dead. <laughs> he is the titular Walking yeah. Dead. Herschel Zombie Guy. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, that was kind of like an interesting cameo. Um, but this uh, this doctor wants him to dump. Kim doesn't want to because it would go into the Han River. Right, um, which is a du- problem. But Douglas tells him to be broad-minded and do it anyway. <laughs> broad, like the Han River. Yep. Um, apparently this entire opening scene is yeah. based on a real life event that happened in 2000 where a morgue official named Albert McFarland, who was working for the U.S. military, mm-hmm. um, ordered two of his Korean assistants to dump 192 16 ounce bottles of a mixture that contained formaldehyde down the drain. And yes, it ended up in the Han River. Yeah, yeah. And from what I was reading online, like they wanted to, South Korea wanted to put him on trial for it. But the U.S. wouldn't extradite him, uh-huh. so they tried him in absentia, mm-hmm. and like he's never actually served a day in prison for it, no, but, no, or paid a fine or anything. It it caused a lot of political strain between yeah, yeah. between America and South Korea at the time. Emmett, please stop. Yeah, it caused a lot of permit, uh, political strain and turmoil at, at the mm-hmm. time. Like it was a pretty big deal, but and from what I understand, his reasons for dumping it were very similar to yeah. what we see in the movie. So I guess Mr. McFarland also didn't like dust. He was, he was, um, <laughs> can't stand dust. It's coarse and gets everywhere. <laughs> no, <laughs> or it's fine and gets, <laughs> no, um, screw you, Chris. <laughs> yes. And me once in a while. God Never. damn you. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to enable this shit. Um, so uh, we skip ahead a couple years, uh, 2002, two fishermen are fishing in the Han River, and one of them discovers a what seems to be some kind of mutated fish that has, they, they comment that it has many tails, um, mm-hmm. but it, it, it gets away. It's just kind of a foreshadowy, like, ooh. Yeah. See, I didn't get the times on these because my subtitle sucked. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Where did you watch yours? Online. Okay. Just gonna yeah, <laughs> I I bought it on Amazon and uh, no my like when I had these the closed captioning up uh-huh. it was real bad like the the uh, the subtitles from the closed captioning were a good thirty seconds ahead of the uh-huh. audio uh, so I turned them off and the subtitles that were just part of the movie were just fine okay <laughs> I was like, okay. So that's okay. how I, I just like, well, I guess we're not doing closed captioning. Yeah. Which I guess in in retrospect, I don't know why I would have needed it. <laughs> but um, did you watch the whole movie with the screwed up subtitles? Yes. Then, Ooh. Well, it that, didn't really that... affect the dialogue too much. I could still see what was going on. It's just sometimes like it would go over itself. Oh, so which was an issue. <laughs> 
But um, then we skip again, uh, 2006, four years later. Uh, we find a man who says he's, uh, he's he's standing on the edge of a bridge. Like, he's going to jump into the Han River committing suicide. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he keeps saying that he sees something in the river. And he jumps. And he jumps. And he's gone. Yep. He's, <laughs> well, he'll be back later. Partly. Mostly. M- mostly. Ba- partly back later. Um, but then we cut to our main character, um, Pak Gang-du. Uh, who is sleeping while manning manning his family's riverside food stand. Um, he's got, like, frosted tips, kind of. Uh, kind of? Kind of, like, yeah, blonde hair with black root, dark roots, yeah. uh, which was a design choice to make him look like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> um, and his um, his father, uh, Pak Hai Bang, uh, follows his son around and fixes the frequent mistakes of laziness that Gong, Gongdu does. Mm-hmm. Um Gongdu's daughter, uh, Pak Hyun-seo, arrives from middle school complaining about her uncle being the only one who showed up for Parents' Day and that her phone is too old. And She's that made uh, her uncle was drunk. And her uncle was drunk. So this family is dysfunctional at the best. Right. Um, but it, it's, it's just interesting watching these because... They're complaining, like, she's complaining about it, but it's not like she's mad at her father for not showing up. Right, yeah. It's just kind of how it is. And his father, um, Hibong, is following him around and cleaning up his mistakes, but not reprimanding him or not really, mm-hmm. you know, frustrated. It's just, it's just business as usual. It's an interesting right. dynamic they build right away. It's They're a very much a dysfunctional family because they're all kind of messed up. Uh-huh. But they don't hate each other like the way you would see in a lot of movies. They're not abusive towards each other. Right. They, they do still love each other quite a bit. It's just they realize that they're all kind of fuck-ups. Yeah. And it's it's an interesting dynamic. And it's very entertaining to watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then, uh, so... She's complaining about her phone being too old, and then Gongdu shows her a bunch of money he's been saving to get her a new phone. That he's been taking from the till. <laughs> <laughs> he's been taking from the till. They're all... It's all small change. Yeah. The subtitles told me they were dimes and quarters, but, you know, that's American money, so... Yeah. <laughs> the subtitles do convert, like, all of the, the caches into American money, which is very funny. <laughs> it's it's hilarious. I mean, I guess I appreciate it because I don't have to do the extra step of trying to figure out, like... Is that a lot of money? In yeah, it? I mean, you, through context, you could probably figure right, it right, out. Right, right, right. But, <laughs> whatever. I thought that was freaking <laughs> American studios. and mm-hmm. American people are stupid. I get it. Anyway. But, yeah, he's been saving her up. And then uh, and then he gives her a beer. Mm-hmm. Because he's a great father. <laughs> don't give the middle schooler beer, please. <laughs> and the two turn on... Um, the two turn on the TV and see a news story about a body that was found in the river that is missing its bottom half. There's our there's our guy. Yep. He came back. But they don't want to watch that. They turn to the sports channel where they watch Gongdu's sister, Pak Namju, competing in an archery contest. Mm-hmm. But they don't get to watch long. Um, Hibong scolds his son about eating a squid leg from one of the customer's orders <laughs> and sends him to give the them complimentary beer with their replacement. Mm-hmm. And I saw your note that that squid looked really, really tasty. Yeah. I had the same damn thought. Yeah, and I don't like seafood that Neither much, like, I. at all. But it looked so crunchy and, like, tasty. <laughs> it looked like, like jerky. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he, he, he goes... Um, 
and uh, Haibong sees the customers are looking at a dingleberry hanging from the nearby bridge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that's what you'd call that. That is what's happening. The dingleberry drops into the water and begins swimming around. As dingleberries do. Gongdu tosses in a beer, and it is swiftly pulled under the water. The onlookers begin tossing a bunch of garbage in response into the <laughs> river as well, and, um, and speculate that it must be a river dolphin. Mm-hmm. It's probably just a river dolphin. But the creature climbs out of the water and then goes on a rampage. Yep. And the way it moves, I can only describe as glumphing. <laughs> That's a very good description. And, like, the the soundtrack syncs up with its movement so well, because there's a big, like, timpani drum every time it steps and just dum, 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 yeah. dum, dum. It's, it's great. It's good. The design on the creature is really good. And let, let's talk about that a bit. It's a big mud skipper. It, kind of, yeah. Um... It's uh, it's meant to be look like it was a real creature that was mutated. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, I actually drummed up a lot more uh, design information on this thing than I was expecting. Yeah, they but, put a, a lot of effort into designing this dude. Mm -hmm. But for those who may not have seen the movie, um, yeah, it, it looks kind of like a big, yeah, like a big mud, mud skipper mm -hmm. or like a, a malformed tadpole, maybe. Kind of, yeah. Um, it's got, it's got. Mostly just two legs, although it's got, like, other malformed legs hanging off of its body. Mm -hmm. uh, it's got asymmetrical design. Like, it has a third leg on its right-hand side that's just kind of tucked up. Um, and then there's, like, fish that are, like, mutated and stuck to its body. Yeah. Like, to its torso. And it's got a... It's got one of those unique... Um, what I What I kind of think of as, like, the flower-type mouth. That a lot of oh, horror yeah, monster movies yeah. have, um, and then a and a vagina mouth. Yeah, it's got a vagina throat. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, and a long <laughs> whippy tail. A long, long whippy tail and a gross looking tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, and the creature is called the Gwimul, which basically means monster in Korean, and that's the title of the movie in, in Korea too. Mm -hmm. And it is voiced by Oh Dal Su, <laughs> so this thing is actually voiced by a man. It's not like they. Mixed its yeah. creature sound effects. I mean, it doesn't really have a uh, a distinct like noise that it makes like mm -hmm. a lot of the other creature movies do. But I guess that makes sense because it's a fish. Yeah. <laughs> so fish aren't known for their roaring unless they're in like Jaws three. <laughs> um, and uh, the it it was the, the not the not the design but the concept of it was actually um, inspired by a real mutated fish that was found in the Han River that had kind of an S curved spine. Oh, it actually inspired him to to create this, mm -hmm. um, and he worked very closely with the the creature design team to come up with what it was going to look like. He you know he was very adamant that it was looked like a real creature instead of like some sort of fantastical thing. Right. He didn't want it so big that it couldn't hide behind cars. Um, yeah, he was. He had a very, very clear idea in mind, and he even said that uh, a lot of conventional monster movie tropes are, you know, not revealing the monster until yeah, late. Yeah, and he intentionally shows it off immediately because he didn't want to follow those tropes. Yeah, he wanted to break a lot of the same, like a lot of the conventions that monster movies had. Mm -hmm. Well, that and like the focus of this movie isn't the monster; it's right. the family. Right, and I think it pays off pretty well for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, he also wanted the creature to be completely portrayed via CGI. Mm -hmm. Like, he, he only wanted CGI, but the digital effects team actually convinced him to have a full-scale animatronic head built for use in the movie. 
It doesn't show up much in the movie, no. um, mostly for close-ups and when they're, it's like swallowing people. Right. But, um, yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if they just didn't think they had the, the chops to do those close-up shots or what, because there's sometimes when the monster doesn't look great. No, the CG does not hold up. Yeah. Um, I honestly don't, it, I don't think it held up much in 2006. I remember seeing like previews and stuff for it. it and I was the, just like, hey. This opening scene but, where we first see the monster, I think still looks fine. Sure. But it's later on, um, like when it's, uh, attacking the, the two hazmat guys. Yeah. Under the bridge. Like yeah. it looks like completely fake. In yeah. Like it doesn't even pretend to look real. Yeah. No, I, it, it doesn't look great. But again, like you were saying. It's not the focus, so it's fine. Right. Um, One thing I do love is how this fucking thing, like, not not only moves when it's on land, but when it's, like, going underneath the bridge and it just, like, flips, like, over, somersaulting under the bridge using its tail as, like, a, a I don't know, trapeze like a, thing. Yeah, like a grappling hook almost. <laughs> or right, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It moves like a video game boss. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> Yeah. Like, there's no creature that would ever move like that in real life, but I can sure see a video game boss doing that. Right. It would be annoying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Junho, um, like, the, the creature's, like, movements were very, very much controlled by Junho. He, he mm-hmm. had a direct... He directed the movements of the creature. Right, um, yeah. And it is very much meant to, like, in the beginning scenes when it first climbs on land to move around very awkwardly, like, it doesn't... It can't quite get the hang of it and then by the end of the movie it's yeah, pretty yeah. adept at moving around on land um and he wanted it to do the swinging tail thing mm-hmm. because he he was like well it needs to be able to move pretty quick outside of land and not on the ground and he's looking at the bridges like yeah i could see that happening yeah. so so that was his that was his decision for sure um the cgi was handled by the design studio the orphanage um, and if you're not familiar with them, um, they have worked on a number of big movies, including Iron Man and the Pirates franchise. Hmm. So they're actually a pretty prolific yeah. CGI team. Jun Ho and uh, Chin Wei Chen, th- who was the designer of the creature, uh, they nicknamed it Steve Buscemi due to the actor's performance in Fargo. That seems mean. <laughs> that just seems really, really mean. I know. Poor creature. No, no. hey. <laughs> Steve Buscemi is a national treasure. You leave that man alone. <laughs> yeah, but he ain't no looker. <laughs> no, he's a great man. Um, he's a great actor. But they, they <laughs> I think it's hilarious they named him Steve Buscemi. Um, and the movie, uh, like we mentioned, was such a huge success in South Korea that uh, eventually Seoul cut a budget to erect landmark statues around the city um, inspired by a lot of New York City's mm-hmm. statues. And one of the statues they had commissioned was a statue of this creature on the bank of the Han River in January of 2015. That's, that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Life-sized, too. Oh, wow. It looks really cool. So we've got the Statue of Liberty. They've got this thing. They've got the statue of a monster. Yep. <laughs> I mean, we have several statues of monsters in the U.S., too. Yeah, but none as popular as this, I'd no. imagine. Well, I mean, there, there's the Robocop statue, and... There's the... Uh, Are you saying RoboCop's a monster? I, I am saying that in that movie, America is the monster. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a, there's a man statue and a monster. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then there's the, the Rocky statue in Philadelphia and stuff like that. And it happens. You're saying Rocky's a monster? I'm saying, saying Sly Stallone is a monster. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um... So, yeah, so really cool creature, really, really interesting backstory on it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, some neat tidbits. 
Uh, back to the movie, the creature starts attacking people, tossing some into the, into the water, grabbing others, and eventually running into a trailer shop of some kind and apparently killing people trapped inside. And it just hangs around in there for a bit. <laughs> well, it gets stuck. Yeah. Yeah, The because it's like a double-ended trailer. It's 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 one that you might find at like a fairgrounds or something. Uh -huh. And, or at a, like, it, it, I imagine it being like a tourist trap, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. like um, souvenir shop. Yeah, well, this was literally a tourist trap. Tourists check in and the monster kills them. And <laughs> yeah, because the other side is chained shut. Mm -hmm. So it's it it's probably the most I don't know if I want to say gruesome, but it's like it's the scene where it's like, oh, it got me. It's like, oh, that's brutal. That sucks. Yeah, yeah. Um so uh Gongdu and an American Pry, an American man, run over and pry the opposite doors open and the creature chases a man out of it and in between a bunch of semi-trucks nearby. Mm-hmm. The American discus throws a brick at it. That's fucking hilarious. He just picks up a fucking stone off the ground like a cobblestone uh -huh. and just chucks it at the monster and it does not do anything. He discus throws it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He throws it. He misses. He yeah. hits the ground, I think. Um, but then he and Gongdu uh, grab a hold of a stop sign. A, yeah, they, they with a well, hunk of concrete at the end. Well, of it. it's it's a it's a sign like um, oh God, I don't even remember what was on the sign, but it's almost like a like a no dog sign, like right. a no pet sign that the park probably put up. And yeah, it's just a huge concrete based sign. Right. And yeah, they they <laughs> they joint effort pick it up and uh, run over and throw it at the monster. Uh huh. Which the monster doesn't care. Uh. And it's hilarious that this actually comes back in the end of the movie, and uh -huh. Gong Du becomes proficient at this type of weapon. <laughs> <laughs> He's had practice. Yeah. Um, the creature then pounces on the American, and Gong Du smashes its tail with the sign. Like, he just kind of hulks it over his yeah. head and just... Uh, and gets some blood on his face. And uh, Namju... disgrace. <laughs> Namju takes too long... Um, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, he smashes him with the tail. Meanwhile, uh, back in the trailer, we see uh, the the grandfather. Um, oh gosh, the names, man! I should have like a. I need to have a sticky note with their names. Hey Bong. Uh, hey Bong. Yeah, Hey Bong and uh, Huen, uh, Huen Sio. Sio are watching her aunt on TV still, uh, mm -hmm. and. We see that Namju, her aunt Namju, yeah, she she hesitates taking too long on her last shot, and uh, she loses the title for it. Mm -hmm. She gets the bronze medal. This, it's interesting. This also comes back later. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, they're they're bummed out, and Juancio steps outside and kicks a beer can. She's kind of bummed out, and this this scene is really really well shot, yeah, and really well yeah. handled. It's all in slow motion. There's very little music. Um, you see all of these people running around her, uh, and Gongdu uh, grabs her by the hand and begins running with her. She's confused and looking around. Uh, they end up tripping, and Gongdu grabs another girl's hand by mistake to keep on running. And when he realizes his mistake, he turns around to see her get grabbed by the creature by its tail. Pretty brutally, honestly. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, you just... can tell she gets a significant whiplash from Yeah, that. it snags her, and it jumps right back into the river. Mm-hmm. Um, they watch as it swims across the river and appears to swallow her whole. Mm -hmm. um, 
later on at a memorial service for everybody who died in the incident. And there's a huge number of bodies, apparently. Yeah. Like, well, you can see, like, several people get killed or dragged into the water by this thing. And... Right. I didn't expect that many. Yeah. Like, there are several dozen. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, there's everybody in the little shack. and mm-hmm. there's This monster racks up a pretty high body count. Yes, it does. <laughs> Um, but they're at the memorial, and the Bach family makes a huge scene. <laughs> Just the like, biggest it scene. It took me a bit to realize this was supposed to be, like, kind of funny. funny mm-hmm. Because it, like, it, well, it's at a funeral for a little girl. Right. <laughs> And right. it starts out like, oh, they're crying for the girl and all that. And then it just keeps escalating. And then they're in a heap on the floor. Uh-huh. Yeah, I remembered when I uh, when I was looking at the movie, um, because I wasn't overly familiar with the tone of the movie mm-hmm. or theme. All I knew was it was a good monster movie. Mm-hmm. And when I looked it up on Amazon, it was like horror, comedy. I'm like, comedy? Really? Mm-hmm. And so then we started watching it. And especially at this scene, it was just like, oh, yeah. Bong Joon-ho. Yeah. <laughs> Parasite. I get it now. Yeah. And so I, I, it clicked pretty quick for with me, and I, I was just, I was in stitches it's, by the end of the scene. Yeah, once you realize it's supposed to be comedic, like, it's really funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and apparently most of the scene was improvised. Yeah, yeah. Especially with, uh, when, <laughs> when Gongdu's brother drop kicks him. Yeah, when nam <laughs> Yeah, nam <laughs> it's, it's like he just drop kicks him, like, damn. yeah. <laughs> he, that actor did that. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, and then a man in a hazmat suit comes in, and he's bad at his job. <laughs> he slips. Oh, this, and... Yeah, he slips. And this like, whole scene is, I adore this yeah, entire scene. People are asking, like, hey, what the hell's going on? He's like, oh, there's going to be an announcement on TV. So he goes and, like, tries poking on the TV, and it's not turning on, and it's not the right thing. And Yeah, he, he's like, because um, he, he asks everybody... Uh, you know, if anybody in at the scene, had if anybody in the room is was at the scene or has had direct contact with somebody at the scene, mm-hmm. which I'm pretty sure is going to be everybody in the room, right? Yeah. Um, but he wants them to all raise their hand, and uh, and yeah, Gongdu's drunk brother, uh, uh, Namil, is asks like, "What's going on?" He's like, "Yeah, no, was, you haven't watched the news." Well, well, we'll turn on the news. I'll save my breath. Yeah, and there, there's going to be like a special announcement. Yeah. yeah. And he turns it on. Yeah. F, he finally turns it on. And he flips through channels. He's like, I, I guess the news isn't on right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly a bunch of more hazmat people rush in and tell everybody to calmly evacuate while they smoke or gas them out of the building. Yeah. <laughs> like they're just calmly leave. <laughs> like riot gas is going off. I, I, I guess it's supposed to be, like, decontamination. Like disinfectant of, yeah, of some disinfectant kind. of some kind. But it's just, like, what the... They're, like, this is happening at the funeral for, uh-huh. for the memorial service for the people who died. So everyone is already freaked out. They've just watched the Park family collapse in a heap and start kicking each other. <laughs> and Sobbing on each other. Yeah, and yeah. Just, yeah. There's news crews there, like, taking pictures of everybody. And mm-hmm. Yeah, this... that's my favorite part, is when the when the Park family is uh, uh-huh. on the ground, and a bunch of people just run up and start taking pictures uh-huh. of them. That's, that's a reoccurring thing in yeah. this, is, is people, like, rushing to the scene of whatever's going on to take pictures of it. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, while everybody is being evacuated, they again ask if anybody has actually like they ask if anybody actually touched the creature mm-hmm. and Gongdu kind of raises his, his hand 
and his shoe. He's holding his shoe. <laughs> he just raises his hand. He's like, yeah, some of it, I didn't touch it, but some of it's blood got on my face. Does that count? <laughs> and so they tell him to remain calm and then immediately tackle, restrain him, and put him in a bag. <laughs> they just shove that fucker in a bag. <laughs> Like a body bag. It's a really a body bag with a hazmat symbol. Yeah, yeah. Zip him up just, and then carry him yeah, out. And just remain calm. It's, like, what the fuck? it's good shit. Um, the news does finally come on and we get a little bit more information. Mm -hmm. uh, the American that uh, Gongju was helping uh, was apparently a U.S. Army soldier and his arm got bitten off by the creature. Yeah, I'm surprised that dude lived. Like, honestly. Right. Um, and now he has a virus that is causing him to, like, break out wherever his skin touched the monster. Um, so the news is like, you know, this, there's clearly a very deadly virus, mm -hmm. this is not good, so we need to quarantine, etc., etc. Um, and they say that, uh, like, up until this point they had military personnel out looking for the monster, but they all get recalled back, and they're like, only trained biological warfare special forces and disinfectant units are allowed near the Han River. Um, because they call the creature a host to a new deadly virus. Yep, which and, is where we get the title from. Yep. Because I was wondering. <laughs> Me too. Um, the Pak family are reunited at the hospital, and it's hilarious because they're just in the hospital, and Gangdu is still in the, in the bag, but like a sleeping bag. He's uh -huh. just kind of propped up sitting in it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really great. It's, it's amazing. It's like, why, why did they do that if they're just going to put him back with everybody else? <laughs> um, and he complains that his back feels itchy. But Bong says that it's because he never takes a bath. Yeah. <laughs> um, Gongdu is told that he they need to run tests on him, and he should not eat that night so that they can do the tests in the morning. Gongdu sneaks a midnight snack oh. and scratches at his back. Yeah, and what does he eat? Because squid. Is it squid? It's canned okay. squid. Because they look gnarly. It's gross looking, but... <laughs> I mean, no, it's it's canned squid um, because the uh, they they wanted the that kind of parallel to be drawn mm -hmm. of this sea creature eating people, and they wanted as many scenes of the the Park family eating sea creatures. Ah, okay. So that makes sense. Yep. Um, but while he's having this midnight snack, uh, he gets a call from Hyun Seo begging for help. Yeah, she's still alive. Uh, she tells him that she's trapped in a sewer a or great something. Great big sewer. Mm -hmm. um, but they lose connection. She, her phone runs out of battery. Oh, her phone. Yeah, her, her phone runs out of battery. Yeah. Yep. Um, meanwhile, we see a couple of disinfectant units uh, stop their truck because one saw something by the side of the road. It was money. It was money. <laughs> he saw. He saw money. <laughs> this monster is smart enough to lay traps. <laughs> Yeah, because then the host flop fish flops down on top of their truck. Yeah, <laughs> and and gets them. And this is where the CGI just looks pretty <laughs> it bad. Looks honestly, pretty bad. Um, the host brings the two men back to its lair in the sewer and then leaves, um, regurgitating one of them. And that one is still alive. Hyun mm -hmm. checks on him. He dies. She checks his phone. It's dead. Yep. Uh, the Pak family tries to explain to a cop that Hyun Seo is still alive after she died. <laughs> and, yeah. Well, she, she's been declared as dead, but she's not actually dead. Yeah. And the cop just is, like, completely refusing to understand the situation. Mm -hmm. Well, because Gongdu is, uh, is telling her, like, she died, but she's alive. Yeah. You know, no, she, she, no, I got a call from her. She's alive. I know she died, but she's alive. Mm -hmm. And the cop is just, like, 
No, she's not. And yeah, each one of them tries to do their own technique. Um, his sister tries to like calmly explain it. His brother is being very forceful. His father tries to bribe the cop. Right. Um, and Namil says a cab. <laughs> my favorite is when when Gongdu tries to explain it to him by okay, this is my daughter. And <laughs> holds up his phone. Uh-huh. I'm the monster, and he puts it in his mouth. And spits it out in a bucket. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's good stuff. Um, But, uh, but yeah, Namiel says a cab, so another checkbox in the monster, monster, Mm -hmm. uh, creature crunch, bingo. Um, And then uh, Hibong says that his friend's niece's husband's brother-in-law is a cop. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) Um. That's some so, dark helmet shit there. <laughs> right. So he's like, yeah, so we can call him and explain to him. Um, and the Park family attempts to sneak out of the hospital. This doesn't work. <laughs> they get busted because of Gongdu's hair. This <laughs> is blonde hair. Um, so they end up running for it and they make it to a parking garage. Oh, this garage. entire fucking escape sequence where, like, first they, they lose... Um... Oh, this the sister. Um, what's her name? I can't remember the sister's you know what? name. I'm gonna hold on. I'm gonna do something. Namju, Namju. Like it took me forever to get the names because they didn't appear in the subtitles that often. Mm-hmm. I was I kept going back and forth between um, like uh, IMDb uh-huh. and, and Amazon stuff. So I was trying to keep up on it, but I mean I'm an American. I'm an idiot American, and foreign names are very very similar to me. So I I I can't keep them straight very often. Yeah, they lose. They lose Namju. Yeah, and she's, like, ducking her around behind the cars while they're, like, slowly chugging through the parking lot. <laughs> she jumps in, and, and um, Gongdu doesn't close the door, and <laughs> so a cop almost gets in. It's it's a good sequence. It is. Um, yeah, they, they get to the, the parking garage with the entire hospital staff and cops uh-huh. and everybody chasing after them, where someone is waiting with a van. Um, the, uh, it turns out that this van driver is, like, part of a getaway gang, I guess? Well, they're, like... It's, well, we find out later, like, through, um, right after this scene, yeah, we find yeah. out that one of these guys is part of the decontamination crew mm-hmm. and is basically taking bribes to... To get people out. Yeah, yeah, to get people in and out and stuff. And they... <laughs> but they also run, like, a smuggling operation. Oh, yeah. And they're... all sorts of stuff. And they they, they rake Hibong over a uh, uh, over the coals. <laughs> they, they charge him a fortune and threaten him with a huge needle. Yeah. <laughs> they're like... They, they but they basically... do take cards, so it's okay. Yeah, they basically take everything he had. <laughs> yeah, they take his wallet and then take his car- credit cards. Like, we'll take cards. And then they find out, wait, your pin numbers are all one, two, three, four? <laughs> yeah. That was really good. Um, while uh, while Hibong is uh, getting swindled, the, the rest of the family watches the news coverage of their escape. And, and, and that's a re- it's really good because there's like one of the nurses who's like oh being trying to be held anonymous and she's so like they just pitch her voice up they pitch her voice up and they're only filming her legs uh-huh. and uh, <laughs> she's like talking about how she's gonna sue them because they knocked her over uh-huh it's really that one with the blonde hair was crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah the idiot the blonde hair yeah and, oh man um it's so good um but uh hey bong gets some supplies from the civil servant gang guy. (laughs) 
they're not great supplies. No. <laughs> like, they, they provide them the family with two hazmat suits that are the wrong color, uh -huh. a map with <laughs> the, all of the sewer entrances circled on them, um, and just a few, and, and like, some guns that two are... Two shotguns. Two, two shotguns that are not great. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, they continue on, and they're stopped at a check station and found out. But hey, Bong bribes the ma the uh, the manager who's about ready to turn them in with Gongdu's ramen cup change <laughs> and promises he'll come back with more later. <laughs> yes. So I, it's a reoccurring theme, but I guess it's another uh, another thing. It's meant to show the the um, like there's a lot of uh, generational tropes that mm -hmm. are you know, more Korean culture based, right, obviously, yeah. but. It's it's meant to be like hey Bong's generation is all about bribing people. Yeah. You get you want somebody to do something for you, you give them money. Mm -hmm. Whereas later on we and we, later on we find out that the youth are more about prank stealing. We'll we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. But um but yeah, everybody has their own generational way of dealing with things and that's one of the themes in this movie and that's why hey Bong is always bribing people and uh -huh. it's hilarious. <laughs> Um, but they, they get past and they start searching through the sewers for Han So. Um, most of these scenes were actually filmed on location under the bridge. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the family starts arguing, because of course they do, when they suddenly hear a noise and assume it's the host. So they fire their shotguns <laughs> up in the air. Yeah, they <laughs> something drips on them, so they, they freak out and start shooting into the air. And it turns out, no, it's just... Just water. It's water, condensation water, from being a sewer. <laughs> yeah, from being a sewer. And it's always raining in the movie after uh -huh. that, from their... Like from the the attack on, um, but it turns out that the noise they heard was a, uh, a homeless guy and his little brother. <laughs> and they're like, God, these people are crazy. Why are they shooting in here? <laughs> um, and these two sneak away and go steal supplies from what I assumed was the Pock family's food stand, mm -hmm. and I was correct. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> the older brother says it's an act of seori, which is a Korean rural culture game where hungry lower-class boys steal fruits, um, sometimes chickens, mm -hmm. from farms. But it's mostly fruits. And it's not meant to be, like, out of malice or even necessity. It is literally a prank. It's yeah. just a game where they go and... And it's, and it's mostly, the like, the low-class mm -hmm. going and stealing fruits from fruit fields. Yeah. So there's not really an English or American equivalent. No. It's just... But it's just a thing. <laughs> so, um, and it's also supposed to be, um, like, I was reading a lot that apparently this this kid uh, whose name I don't remember offhand, because we don't get it until later, but um, apparently he even says that the host is, that's what the host is doing, is it's, it's participating in uh, Seori. Hmm. <laughs> but, um, and, but this comes back in a few ways, and it's, it's pretty good. But... Uh, the host then attacks the two, and uh, the Pock family returns to their shop, and they eat some ramen. Um, they're sitting around eating, and Yuan Seo just kind of sits up. I had to fucking check if I missed something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she just kind of sits up, and they all start feeding her. Uh-huh. Because one of the big concerns was that she hadn't been able to... Probably right. hadn't been eating. She's, she's trapped in a sewer and is probably hungry. Yeah. So... Now they're just all sitting around the table and feeding her. <laughs> um, and this scene was um, mostly done because uh, Junho wanted us a, a kind of last scene with the entire family together. Oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense considering what happens. Yeah, which is really sad too because this is not very far in the movie. This no. is like one fourth of the way in the movie, yeah. and it's like this is the last time you're going to see all these characters together. That's sad. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, 
But uh, then we cut immediately to the sewer where she actually is still. Um, so at, at this point, we're not sure what that is. A hallucination? A dream? Yeah. Like, I, I'm pretty sure it's uh, it's Gongdu's dream while he's asleep because uh-huh. that's one of the big things. That makes sense. Like... Yeah. Well, one of the big running things is Gongdu is constantly falling asleep. Yeah, he he's has narcolepsy. Const- he's constantly tired. Um, but uh, but she's still in the sewer, and the host brings the two brothers there, and the other bro- younger brother, whose name is Seju, is still alive. There's his name, Seju. But then we cut back to the uh, the Park family, and Gongdu is sleeping, and Hebong tells the other two that the reason Gongdu, and I quote, dozes off like a sick rooster is because he participated in Seori when he was younger and really only ate fruits and has a protein deficiency. Yeah, I guess, like, after Gongdu was born, before the other two were around, like, um... Hebong wasn't like the best father, from what he says. Mm-hmm. Like he was, he was kind of neglectful. Well, that and he was, he was always at work, right? And um, but even when he was, when he was around, he wasn't around. Yeah, yeah. And I, it's also implied that uh, Gongdu's mother has been out of the picture since the all three of the kids were born, right? So when when uh, um, Hebong was not there. That's what Gongdu did for food, is uh-huh. he participated in Seori and <laughs> just ate fruits. And now he has a protein deficiency. And that's why he has narcolepsy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's he's pleading with the other two, like, please, so please don't be so hard on him. He's, yeah, you, you don't like, really know what he's been through. Yeah, yeah. Which is a very sweet moment. Um, and it explains a lot of their behaviors and their relationship that we saw earlier mm-hmm. in the movie. Um, but by the time he finishes his monologue about not being mean to Gongdu, the other siblings have fallen asleep. Uh-huh. But Gongdu is awake. Yeah. <laughs> so he so I'm starting to think this like it's less that he has a protein deficiency and more like they just have narcolepsy and it's a, a familial <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, at this point, they've been through a lot. I mean, and they've true. been they've it's been true. up. For, I, I can see it. Um, but yeah, Gongdu is awake. It's early in the morning and the two of them see the host outside and they start shooting at it. Mm-hmm. Well, Gongdu sees it first and he says it's watching them. Yeah, and which it's is just terrifying. Like outside the, uh-huh. like not close to the, the shop, but outside the shop. Close enough to be unpleasant. Oh, any, anytime you can see it from inside, <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> but yeah, they start shooting at it, which just serves to piss it off. So it knocks their stand over, and uh, then, like, they get out and start shooting at it again, and this time it starts running away. Uh, they chase it to the water, and Bong asks if anybody has any ammo left, mm-hmm. and Gongdu is like, yeah, I've got one shot left. So so he takes, he takes the shotgun. atrocious gun safety, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, would you expect anything less from these people? <laughs> um, so the... Uh, yeah, Gongdu is like, I've got one left, and uh, Heibong takes the gun and sends his family away, and he's going to be like, he's going to take the last shot to kill the creature as it mm-hmm. starts charging him down. But Gongdu countered wrong. He didn't actually have one shot left. He used nope. them all. So Heibong gets got by the ghost. By the ghost. By the ghost. <laughs> by the ghost. He <laughs> gets a ghost now. He gets got by the host. Um, just kind of gets slammed into like, yeah. pretty brutally. And then it grabs him around the ankle with its tail and just freaking whips him. Yeah. Power whips him into the ground. It's a dead man. It's really sad. Um, and during all of this, like some of the, uh, the biohazard guys are running up to them. Like they're Mm -hmm. on the way. Well, they they see the the cops coming from a distance. Yeah. And, uh, Gongdu starts to like, he covers his father's face 
and even though there's blood like leaking everywhere, yeah. it's pretty gruesome. Um, yeah. And he starts to run away, and then he turns back, and there's like, you know, I, I can't, he's, I can't. He's just gonna... so, in so much grief. Yeah. That and he knows father's... he's not going to get away. Like he's mm-hmm. not a fast runner. They're gonna. Yeah. So they take him into custody with, and they put a biohazard sack. So over this his is head. his second time being in a sack. <laughs> yep. Um, and then we cut to a news story telling us that Sergeant Donald from earlier, who is the American with the one arm, right, has died. That's the the guy that uh, Gung Du helped fight the monster mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie. Yes, yeah, Sergeant Donald died. Yep, at four twenty p.m. I'm not sure if that's intentional or not. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know enough about uh, Korean culture. Do they celebrate four twenty the same way we do? <laughs> I don't know. I have no clue. If not, that's a wild coincidence. Uh huh. But um, in response, uh, who and the Center of Disease Control have condemned Korea's failure to keep the Pak family in custody? Yeah. Because <laughs> they're like, you have essentially, like, <laughs> patient number zero. Like, <laughs> yeah. <you've> got... <laughs> and he keeps getting away from you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in response, the U.S. has been authorized to use a biological agent, neutralizing biological agent, called Agent Yellow on Korea. Yeah, this is where it starts. The movie starts to have a little bit too much going on. Because sure. this is a critique of, like, Agent Orange from Vietnam. Right. Which is a little bit more than I think this movie needs to take on at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely have to agree with you on that. Um, and it, it does feel very anti-American, although uh, Jun Ho was saying well, it's like, yeah, like it's not, not what my focus was. It's not meant to be anti-American. Right. But the Americans do have a tendency to be kind of bullies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which... You know, yeah, not wrong. <laughs> Definitely, so. yeah. This, like, it's not that like I'm objecting to that tone of the movie. I think that's a great focus for this movie to take. Right, right. Is that introducing the Agent Yellow <laughs> thing is like a hat on a hat. Like it's a little bit too much. Yeah, no. I, I Especially when that. the rest of the movie doesn't really have anything else to do with Vietnam. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I think it's meant to be more of a poking it and and prodding at the uh, the fact of that like the original incident that right, inspired yeah, yeah. this opening scene well with... yeah and like america always has to come in and try and be the hero but really they just bully and knock around the country they're mm-hmm. helping and mm-hmm. stuff like that i can totally see that well yeah because but... a lot of because uh, not only is it that allegory with agent orange but in the scene they use a lot of footage of america's oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. invasion of iraq yeah exactly so. and i think that's fine it's just when you start when you call it agent orange and like agent introduce yellow. the or agent yellow and start introducing the agent orange mm-hmm. allegory and stuff like that it becomes a step too far <laughs> away from the core messaging i agree if they had if like they could come in and just say they're like introducing some sort of agent that's going to neutralize the disease when you start calling it some <laughs> like agent yellow it starts to be a step too far right i, I yeah i could see that but um but that's what's going on yeah yeah and the news informs the masses that the virus manifests symptoms similar to the common cold and we have a scene like well, oh, the, the people at the bus stop? The people at the bus stop. <laughs> where one, they're all wearing masks, and one guy is, like, coughing and having a, a fit, and he and takes his And people start mask. stepping away from him. Yeah, he and... takes his mask off, and he spits a wad of phlegm into the water, and a bus drives <laughs> right by. Right as a bus drives by. And splashes <laughs> them, and they all freak out. It's, it's, <laughs> it's really funny, but this scene hits way different than Oh, days. gosh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I don't know if you saw this in your research, but it looks like they're going to be doing a sequel to The Host. So, I was going to mention that. At some that. point. Well, potentially. Okay, so the movie, um, I was going to mention that. I, I didn't write down the 
dates because I, I, I didn't see but, specific well, dates. Okay, there was a there was going to be a video game, right? That never really happened, right? Right. Um, there was going there was going to be a sequel that was announced in like 2011. Mm -hmm. That's doesn't seem to ever going to be happening, right? And there was also a an American remake I, I that they that. were yeah. going to work on, yeah. like in 2013 or something. Yeah, and that doesn't really seem like it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. So. But the, from the, the like, I guess they still want to do the sequel to this. Sure. Which in post COVID times is going to hit real different and be real different. And I right. guess like one of the uh, themes of the sequel that may eventually come out is that China doesn't believe the monster was real. <laughs> oh, no. So you have, like, monster denialists and <laughs> stuff like that. and Right. It's going to be real fucking different in post-COVID times. Yeah, yeah, that's going to remind me a lot of uh, of that uh, the newer movie, uh, Don't Look Up. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> but, um, I mean, if done correctly could be very interesting. Uh, I don't know if uh, Bong Joon-ho's attached to it at all. I know that the the, um, the American remake, he was not, yeah. that they were working on, which I'm glad kind of died, because that does not need to happen. Yeah, <laughs> he did work on the American Snowpiercer TV series. Mm -hmm. He was involved with that, right. so right. he may be involved with the sequel. He doesn't seem opposed to doing that. I would hope so. Yeah. But... I, time will tell, I suppose. If it ever actually happens. Right, because it's been, it's been a while, but... Dude, we got a sequel to Beetlejuice coming out this year. Anything's still on the table. You're, I mean, you're not wrong. So, um, we then cut to uh, Nam Il, who's meeting with a one of his a friend of his, credited as Fat Guevara. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, who's uh, he's meeting him in an alleyway? Uh, Fat Guevara tells him that Juancio has has to be within 200 meters of a cell tower. I guess Fat Gueva works for, like... Some sort of communications firm. Yeah. And the two of them sneak into this building to hack into the call records to discover which uh, tower, which cell tower her call would have bounced off of. And that would kind of pinpoint, mm -hmm. or at least narrow down her location. But Fat Gueva turns Namil in for reward money. <laughs> and there's a brief conversation on if this money is taxable or not. <laughs> yeah, he's like, how much is it going to be taxed? And they're like, oh, it's don't, not taxed. Don't worry, it's not taxed at all because... Yeah, there's, there's a special yeah. uh, like, law or something. Special law for, for this. It's it's not a gift. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, the two of them uh, do manage to figure out which... Or at least Namil figures out which yeah. tower it was from. Well, because Fat gives him the wrong password. Gives yeah. him, like, a fake password. Yeah. And he manages to find a post-it that has the real password on right. it, conveniently. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, not, uh, fat, turns him in, Namil kills the power, and... By sticking a paperclip in, onto a surge protector, and then jamming it into another surge protector. Mm -hmm. He's lucky he didn't start a fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he kills the power, and escapes... Um, and then he texts his sister the location of the tower as he kind of, he's forced to kind of like jump off the bridge and <laughs> he hits the ground pretty hard. Yeah. Rolls under it and hides, passes out. But, but he does manage to text um, Namju the location. So. Um, which is under the Wanhyo Bridge. Uh, she heads over to the Wanhyo Bridge to search for Hyun Seo. And she's attacked by the host, and we get that moment where she's about to shoot it with her bow and arrow, mm -hmm. but and she, she hesitates, and she's knocked into a sewer. Well, I don't know. They're, like, 
trenches yeah, in the sewers. Yeah, it's like a, uh, a drainage ditch of some kind. Yeah. Meanwhile, we uh, we cut back to Gongdu back at the hospital now, and he is given a sedative since he's still trying to escape. Yeah, and damn near makes it too. Like he, <laughs> yeah, the sedative doesn't put him to sleep. <laughs> like, yeah, they're like he's too angry to yeah, sleep. <laughs> they're like baffled. They're like, how much did you give him? And like the regulated amount we gave him. What is supposed to? Be. He should be asleep right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's he... the one time he can't fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, well, what do we do? Progress, I guess. So yeah. he screams constantly while they take a tissue sample. I was and... watching this at work, so that was real fun. <laughs> yeah, me too, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we get an, another U.S. doctor, uh, not one from the opening, it's a different one, uh, who was a minor actor in a few other American films, including uh, <laughs> including Silence of the Lambs. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Huh. Um. And he examines Gongdu and asks about his daughter while his assistant translates, because uh, this guy only speaks English. And Gongdu has kind of another breakdown because nobody will listen to him. Yeah, he yeah. The doctor's crying. like, well, why didn't you go to the police or a news station? He's like, nobody would fucking listen to yeah, me. I, I tried. Did, yeah, <laughs> and so he starts freaking out. He starts having a panic attack, crying. And the doctor determines that this is because he's suffering from dementia and that the virus has gotten to his brain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's right there in the brain. Um, <laughs> starts touching, fondling his head like it's right in there. <laughs> That's where the virus is. Um, so then the doctor pulls his assistant aside and discreetly explains to him that that Sergeant Donald didn't die of a virus. He died of shock during the surgery. And after the autopsy, no virus was found in his system. There is no virus. Yeah. He's like, he looks into it and he's like, no victims have exhibited any yeah. signs of a virus. So I, my theory is that he was just breaking out from an allergy of the thing. Because Potentially, I mean, yeah. But, um, or but something. Yeah. Like so, maybe he had a staph infection from like, uh, the surgery or something. And that's what got him. Who knows? Well, I mean, because there's when they when they uh, first are talking about how he was breaking out from wherever the creature touched him, it showed shots of his skin, yeah, and yeah. it looked pretty. It looked like a big rash, and mm-hmm. I think he was just allergic to it. You you know what? I bet he was allergic to seafood. <laughs> that, it's a very good possibility. Um, I wonder if that was like actually written in. That would make a lot of sense. Yeah, that's hilarious. But uh, but yeah, there's no virus. And Gongdu, who's within earshot, recognized the English words, no virus. Yep. <laughs> so he's like, and I love that part, because he's like, there is no virus. And then Gongdu just, you see him in the background, he kind of comes into focus, and he pokes just his head up. And, and the in curtain. English, he goes, no virus? <laughs> <laughs> no, no virus? <laughs> no virus? <laughs> oh, it's good. Simply put, so far, there is no virus whatsoever. No virus. Uh, I love that bit. And now it's time to do an emergency lobotomy on a man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to he, keep him from spreading the secret that America fucked up so bad. Yeah, he pleads with the doctors as they're about to do brain surgery on him. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, and this is like, to me, this is the scene that goes on a little too, one of the scenes that goes on a, a little, little too bit, long. but at it's the like... same time, it's just like, holy shit, they are literally about to lobotomize this man because they found out the secret of uh-huh. that there's no virus. Yeah. They're going to drill into his brain while he's conscious because he won't go to sleep. Because the sedative is being ineffective <laughs> to the sleepiest man on earth. <laughs> 
Um, so Hyuncio and Seju talk about what kinds of foods they're going to eat when they escape. Um, Seju is talking about how he's all, you know, he's been hungry all his life. Mm -hmm. He's an orphan. He's homeless. So he's, he's just talking about all these different foods that, that they have at their shop. They like hot dogs and squid and this and that and everything. And, uh, and Hyuncio is just like, I just want a beer. Uh (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) She had one and now she's hooked. Yep. But uh, she's a pretty smart girl, so she was make, using a lot of the, the coats and clothes of the victims to make a rope. And she ties a billy club to the end of one of them and makes a makeshift grapple hook. Mm-hmm. But uh, she throws it up, and uh, it you know catches on the grating above, but she threw it too high and can't reach the bottom of it. And then the host comes back and regurgit- regurgitates just... A bunch a bu- of bones. So many fucking bones. <laughs> yeah, just all the bones. Look at the bones! Um, and it chases them into this kind of, like, side drainage pipe, uh, where they're, where they're relatively safe, but then it kind of goes and goes to sleep. Right. We cut back, uh, after his surgery, Gong Du takes a hostage with a syringe of his blood and escapes. Because <laughs> everyone else still thinks that there's a virus. Yeah, and so... he, he knows there isn't, but he is, like, that was his breaking point. Like, yeah, he is yeah. just, he's done. So, so yeah, he he escapes with this yeah. virus, but he he's gone through this lobotomy pretty good, all things considered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's got like a couple bruises on his temples, but other than that, like he's looking good. Yep, it, I love it though. He's got the syringe of blood, and he's like holding it up. And he's just like, "You, I'll give her the virus. I'll give her the." And then he's like, like "You want a virus shower? Yeah, you, want a, you want a virus?" And he squirts some blood <laughs> at them, and they're all scrambling to get yeah. out of the way. It's really good. <laughs> And he gets out of, like, the, the hospital, and there's just a bunch of agents out there having a barbecue. <laughs> yeah, there are. They're just, there's, they're like, a bunch of American agents out there just, like, cooking barbecue. Yep. <laughs> he runs around, he's kicking the yeah. grills over. You're having a party? <laughs> Boot! And he kicks over the grill. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he eventually gets into an ambulance and drives away. Um, <laughs> it's really good. Um... Namil wakes up under the bridge in the morning and joins forces with a homeless man uh, to make Molotov cocktails. Yeah, because they're, they're going to protest the uh, the, the use of, El- of Agent, Agent Yellow. Yellow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they they don't. These two aren't. Go- well, Namil is not going to. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that's what's happening. That's is, what's happening. Yeah. There's yeah. A, there's a big protest against Agent Yellow, and right there at the Han River. <laughs> but yeah, they they. Make Molotov cocktails, and they catch a, ca- a cab to the bridge to try to find Hyun uh, uh, Um Back at... After it barfs up all the bones, it apparently, like, the host takes a little nap. Yeah, it takes a nap. Um, one of the things that it barfed up was a was also a, a beer can. Right. A full beer. Um, I th- it might be the one from the start of the movie. Who I, knows? Who knows? Um, and uh, Namiel uses this to try to see if the creature's going to wake up. She, she chucks, the, bri- uh, she chucks the, the can at it. Um, pelts it with the beer, but it doesn't stir. So she's like, well, here we go. She, so she runs and uses the monster as a springboard to jump up to the rope. She does the Aladdin run up its back. <laughs> uh-huh. But the host grabbed her with its tail and it gently sets her back down on the ground. Yeah. It like, it's kind of, it's a spooky scene because like she's filmed from like the waist up. Uh-huh. And you see her about to grab the rope, and then she just stops mm-hmm. and like lets go of the rope, 
and just sinks back down to the ground, and you see its tail wrapped around her, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, dang. Yeah, it, and presumably this is happening in its sleep. Like, yeah. it's still not awake. Yeah. It's the only reason I can think of as to why it wouldn't it didn't harm her. Like, it's weird. But, yeah, it just kind of sets her back down, and uh, then it wakes up and attacks the two kids, Ooh, excuse me. and it seems to get them. Like, mm-hmm. it cuts away right as it, it looks as like it it's gets about up. ready to bite down on them. Um, Gongdu arrives at the sewer and sees the host leaving with his daughter in its mouth. So it did get him. Uh, he chases after it and reunites with Hanju, and the two chase the host towards the crowd of pro, uh, protesters that are, uh, there right as they're about ready to start releasing the Agent Yellow. Mm-hmm. Um, and they end up releasing Agent Yellow pretty much directly on top of the host, and it does appear to subdue the creature. Now, the pod that deploys the Agent Yellow is intentionally designed to resemble the creature Dingleberry from the beginning of the Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's meant to mirror that. So okay. that's why it has that weird, unique, like, kind of teardrop shape. Okay, okay. Um, Gongdu, uh, like, when the creature seems to be subdued from Agent Yellow, Gongdu runs up and uh, pulls Huanxiao and Seju from its mouth, uh, and they both appear dead. So Namil and Namju um, arrive... And, uh, oh, I lost my spot. Uh-oh. Yeah, and, and they all grieve over Hyuncio. But turns out Agent Yellow doesn't seem to really have much of an effect on the host after that, uh, other than just kind of, like, stunning it. And it does seem to be affecting everybody else. Mm-hmm. Like, it's making them bleed from their ears and cough and stuff yeah, because yeah. it is a biological agent. And because this creature is not actually infected with anything... <laughs> Um, so the host gets back up, and then now we get that callback where Gongdu grabs a sign and breaks the concrete off of it <laughs> and ram and the the sign actually. So he just has the pole and he rams it into the host's mouth. Um, Namil starts chucking Molotovs at it, and it does not like fire because you know, fish. It's a, it's a creature. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it's a mon. <laughs> I would do the same thing if yeah. somebody was throwing yeah. ch- chucking Molotovs at me. I would retreat. Yeah. <laughs> so. Namil dual wields Molotov cocktails, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's not very effective, but it's pretty awesome. Yep, and I'm and I had the note where oh boy, are they gonna light this thing on fire? Because I sure hope they do. Yeah. Um, the homeless guy is on the bridge above, and he dumps gasoline on top of it. Well, after um, Namil is like gonna throw his last Molotov cocktail and drops it behind him. Well, he, he dumps the yeah he dumps the, the the gas on top of the the creature, and Namil's yeah. got the last Molotov, and he's gonna throw it, and he fumbles it, and, and it falls like right behind him, and is just <laughs> it's really funny. But Namju shows up and she sticks a wad of the burning cloth onto an arrow and she shoots the arrow into the host's eye. Which ignites the gasoline. Yep, because Creature Crunch Bingo just checked another box. And I have something for my yeah, yeah. kibbles. Um, the host makes a break for the water, but Gongdu action heroes out from around the corner and stabs it in the mouth with the sign pole again. And this appears to kill it. It does kill it. Okay. Um, so then Gongdu moves over and, uh, he, he runs actually over to Seju and, uh, and is mourning over Seju while his sister mourns over Hyuanxiao. Mm-hmm. Um, well, doesn't he see like, a, uh, Seju's hand move or something? No, they, they okay. just, he just like climbs over Seju. Um, oh gosh, I was reading, there's a reason why he does, he goes over to Seju and not his daughter. Okay. Um, 
but for the life of me, I'm spacing out the reasoning okay. why. But there's there is like an actual artistic reason why oh, he did okay. this. Um, oh man, God, I can't remember why he does that. Hold on, let me see if I can. All right, I can't find it in again. But I, I do remember there's a reason that he did this. Um, and I think I think it's because like when he pulls them out of the creature's mouth, mm -hmm. uh, he sees that his daughter is you know cradling this younger boy. Oh, okay. And I think it's like he realizes well, he, that his he, daughter was protecting her. Yeah, he says, did you know her? Or, like, were you important to her? Or something yeah. like that, yeah. Yeah, so, um, but, uh, and, uh, yeah, he, he's mourning over, he's mourning about this, and then Seiju wakes up. But, of course, Hyun Seo does not. I was shocked at this. Mm -hmm. And we're really hitting that bingo card hard today. Yeah. So, um, Time passes, and Gongdu is running the food stand in the winter with Seiju there. Um, Gongdu has now had a full transformation as yeah. to a he's, a... he's a responsible parent, mm -hmm. adopted this he's kid. He's got rid of the blonde in his hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got rid of the blonde in his hair. Um, he's cooking for his adopted son, who his daughter protected. Basically, this is the last thing he has of his daughter. Right, yeah. Um, and uh, they eat dinner while the U.S. Uh, is on the TV apologizing for the overreaction well, and misinformation. Before that even, he he's um, in the shop and he thinks he hears something outside. Oh, yeah, yeah. He... And he starts to grab a gun from under the, mm -hmm. the counter of the shop because he thinks it might be the monster coming back. Yeah, you can tell there's a little bit of a PTSD going for on. For sure. Um, but they uh, they turn the TV off because they don't want to listen to that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they don't need to hear that. And they, but they can't find the remote, so so Gongdu <laughs> does have to turn it off with his foot. <laughs> uh -huh. Because because <laughs> he's still Gongdu. Yeah, he is still Gongdu. Um, and that's where it ends. So, uh, yeah, like it's a good movie. Great movie. Yeah, great movie. Good um, flick. If if a bit long, but whatever. It was 120 minutes, Matt. <laughs> an hour and a half. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> it was over an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, any of the final notes? No. Alrighty, let's head on over to a crunch. <laughs> no, I'm done. <laughs> Alright. Welcome back to Creature Crunch. I mean, you didn't go anywhere. I didn't go anywhere. None of us went Nobody anywhere. Nobody went anywhere. <laughs> Some music happened. Yeah. Uh, so I created a creature, and I call this the Hypochondricarp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it is a huge monstrosity, neutral, uh, challenge rating of six, uh, giving it a proficiency bonus of plus three. Mm -hmm. So it's got an AC of 15. It's got hit points. I, I promise you that. That's good. I'm glad. <laughs> okay, so I did forget to put the hit points in here. Just pretend I said a number, and it'll be uh, it'll be on the stat block in the in the okay. uh, in, in the final thing. But uh, more importantly, it's got speed uh, 40, 40 foot speed because we see it outrunning all of the people on right. the, on the in the park. Uh, swim speed of sixty feet. It is a fish, mm -hmm. and a climb speed of twenty because it does. We see it like scaling up the sides of the bridges and stuff, albeit slowly, but it does. Um, I gave it seventeen in strength, a twenty in dex, a fifteen in constitution, um, only a four in intelligence. 
It's a fish. Uh, a three in charisma. It's a supposedly diseased fish. <laughs> and a ten in wisdom, because whatever. Um, and I did give it a skill in acrobatics. Oh, good for it. <laughs> it's got damage resistances to cold. Because, because cold is wet. <laughs> yeah, cold is wet. <laughs> cold is wet. Um, passive perception of ten. No languages. It's a fish. Um, and then we get to the fun stuff. So, uh, I want to cover... Yeah, we'll just do this in order. Okay. Um, I gave it a prehensile tail acrobatics, is what I called this. All right. The, uh, the hypochondricarp can, uh, use its tail to move along ceilings and roofs that have frequent had holds. Uh, so while climbing along such surfaces, its climb speed is increased to 40 feet, and it can climb along them without needing to make an ability check. All right. So, it, we could just see it trapeze artist the way it does. <laughs> Um, and then I gave it, this This is the marquee trait, okay. the false illness. Any creature that touches the hypochondricarp or hits it with a melee attack must make a DC 15 constitution saving throw or in be, be infected with the hypochondricarp disease. Okay. While, the, while diseased in this way, all other creatures with an intelligence of eight or higher perceive the target as infectious and <laughs> repulsive. The target's charisma is reduced to six. If it was already lower, there is no effect. And all other creatures with an intelligence of eight or more must succeed on a DC 15 constitution saving throw in order to move within five feet of the target. That's funny. Actually, instead of a constitution, it should be wisdom. Okay. Because they're not actually a disease. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting way for me to have spelled wisdom. Um, <laughs> I didn't actually see it, so. I put an E in there. <laughs> no E in that word. Nope. Um, so yeah, they have to succeed on a DC 15 wisdom saving throw in order to move within five feet of the target. Mm. That's rad. <laughs> Um, and then it's attacks. Uh, it's got multi-attack. The hypochondricarp can attack once with its tongue or bite, and once with its tail or uh, tail slam. Its tongue attack is a melee weapon attack, plus six to hit, a range of ten feet, and uh, only deals an average of six bludgeoning damage, 1d6 plus three. Um, but if it does hit you, the target has to make a DC 15 constitution saving throw or become infected with the hy hypochondricarp disease. It's got a bite attack, plus six to hit, range of five feet, um, does an average of 14 hit points, 2d8 plus three, 2d10 plus three, uh, and that's piercing damage, and the target is grappled with an escape DC of 13 based off of the hypochondricarp's strength. Uh, until the grapple ends, the target is restrained, and the hypochondricarp cannot bite another target. All right. Another creature crunch bingo. This thing's got swallow. Great. So another, another vor creature, um, pretty much ripped directly from... Everything else that everything swallows, else everything. That swallows yeah. things uh, just does uh, an average of 10 3d6 bludgeoning damage at the start of each of the hypochondricarp's turns while it has somebody swallowed. Um, its tail attack is a plus 6 to hit, range of 15 feet, uh, deals 1d6 plus 3 bludgeoning damage, and the target has to make a dc15 dexterity saving throw or become grappled by it with an escape dc of 15. Uh, and the carp cannot attack another target with its tail while it's grappling somebody. And then its tail slam is, if the hypochondricarp is grappling the target with its tail, it can slam the target into the ground, breaking the grapple, and dealing uh, 4d10 bludgeoning damage. Okay, like, I know the marquee thing of this is its disease. You made a fantastic fish wrestler. <laughs> okay. It can grapple things from either end and just kind of smash them about. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Okay. <laughs> also, I did notice one thing that you may want to include in here, Matt. Okay. Uh, so th this is a fish creature, right? Mm -hmm. Which means it can breathe underwater. Amphibious. Gotcha. There you go, buddy. Yep, thank you. <laughs> you were two-thirds asleep when you made this one, weren't you? I made it this morning at a rush. Yep. 
<laughs> well, I mean, honestly, because like, I I knew I knew that I I even thought about. You'll get there. You'll get there. I have faith in you. <laughs> there you go, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't type and think at the same time. I'm like, wait a minute. Neither of those are right. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> words oh. are hard, Chris. <laughs> Poor Matt. Um, but yeah, no, I I was thinking about this thing. I knew I it needed to be amphibious, but like until I came up with that false illness idea, I uh-huh. was like, this is just a generic creature. I need yeah. to come up with something more interesting than that. So I put most of my creative energy into that. <laughs> no, that that's rad. And like I said, I do like the way it just whips things around. That's fucking <laughs> rad. But. <laughs> But uh, so cool. I'm glad you're. I'm glad you like it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sweet. So I guess with that, uh, what are we doing in, next time? Oh Chris? yeah. Um, we are going to watch the Relic from 1997. Oh rad. Okay, that one is one that I've seen and is an awesome movie. Uh-huh. Sweet. So it, it's one of those movies that like I always got it confused with Mimic. Even sure. though they don't have a whole lot in common, they just came out about the same time. Yeah, and I, I can kind of see the... I can see the... the and the I, for the longest time, I thought Del Toro directed this one. Oh. And, he, yeah, no. you know, he does not. No. <laughs> but, I like, for the longest time, I thought he did. Just because mm. I had conflated it in my mind with Mimic. Right. No, no, no. But, no, it's a very good, good yeah. flick. It's, it's a good creature feature. Yep. So, cool. Uh, so, we'll do that in two weeks. Um, thank you so much for listening. As always, we do really appreciate it. Um, if you enjoyed the podcast or this episode, uh, share it with a friend. Uh, if you hated it, share it with an enemy. Um, and if you really want to help support us, uh, please check us out on Patreon. Uh, you can join our Swamp Heap level, just five bucks a month, and it'll get you a massive backlog of extra content that we've created. Uh, stat blocks, subclasses, races everything yeah backgrounds magic items like it, it's a ton there um, is so fucking much <laughs> behind that paywall anymore it is completely ridiculous it really is um it's <laughs> so much yeah so yeah check that out um you, even if you don't stay with us if you just want to give us like five bucks once just to get that just to grab that yeah. shit, that's fine i don't yeah. blame you i would not but there's a lot fucking there man it's so much there <laughs> um but if you do want to support us and don't want to swing that five bucks a month which i totally get a uh, dollar a month can get you the fur buddy level just kind of a tip jar at the point at this mm-hmm. point. Um, though if we do get more, see more support, I'll absolutely add in some incentives and benefits mm-hmm. to that. Um, I was, I'm, I'm, I've got some things thinking in my head, head space. Don't, don't do that. That's dangerous. You it's... forget how to spell amphibious when you do that. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, so with that, I guess we will see you in two weeks. Thank you so much. What do you do?